Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Hey, um, one of the things, uh, if you have been following at Asbury at all, you know that normally I start with Scripture and we preach from Scripture, but we're right in the middle of a vision, three-week vision, um, and it should be part two. Uh, I hope I sent, a, I sent the right one. Uh, well, we will see. Um, <clears throat> one of the things uh, I wanted to share with you this morning is uh, we have 32 youth at Clyde this weekend up at Silver Lake. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's pretty cool, and I, I've been getting some, some pictures and, uh, and hearing that there's some good things going on up there, so I am really, really thankful for that. And so today we are uh, looking at our uh, relationship with each other. And I may have given the people the wrong uh, PowerPoint slide. What's the next slide? What's the next? Our relationship with one another. Oh, hey, we're, we're on the right thing. It's just the wrong title slide. Bonus. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it could have been a, a really, uh, you just have to listen, no, no pictures today. Uh, so this is good. Well, we're in our part two of a three-part series on vision, and we're going to talk about our relationship with each other. And this is the second pa- uh, uh, paragraph in our new vision statement. We imagine Asbury becoming a place where everyone is cared for and shown the love of Jesus. Our church community will be a place where our relationships with each other contribute significantly to our growth in the Lord. This happens when we develop deep relationships with a small group of people uh, around the, the work of God in our lives. Our community will thrive as we use our spiritual gifts to serve one another. Last week, we talked about the first part of our mission statement. We imagine Asbury becoming a, full, uh, a church full of exceptionally well-discipled people. This will be evidenced by our strong connection with Jesus. The connection will be seen as our lives align with the stories that Jesus told and by our individual and corporate spiritual exercises and how we experience God in corporate worship and in our individual lives. Our goal is to become exceptionally well-discipled, great disciples of Jesus, and we're going to have intimacy with Jesus, our strong connection with Jesus in our lives. That strong connection will be evidenced by uh, aligning our lives with the stories that Jesus told. You will remember he talked all about the kingdom of God. Our spiritual exercises, our spiritual disciplines, uh, what we do together and apart, and our spiritual experiences. The last piece of this is, uh, to become a well-discipled church, is to how God works in our lives through community. This is so crucial to your connection with God, and yet it's so misunderstood. See, in North America, we respect being a good neighbor, but we value rugged individualism. We uh, like being part of community, but our deepest uh, value is we want to make all our own uh, choices, and it's all about us. So our culture handicaps us when it comes to understanding what the church is supposed to be. Our culture has filtered into the church, and has given us a misunderstanding. We, we tend to misunderstand words like fellowship and spiritual community. We, 
talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus. And what that is supposed to mean is that you need to connect with God personally. You cannot ride on the coattails of your parents or your grandparents. You must come to know God for yourself. What many have taken it to mean is having a personal relationship with Jesus is that it's just me and Jesus. And we don't need anybody for our walk with God. There's, a, there's an old country song that I heard growing up, uh, country gospel. It goes like this. Me and Jesus, notice the nasal twang, got our own thing going. Me and Jesus, got it all worked out. Me and Jesus, got our own thing going. And we don't need nobody to tell us what it's all about. Well, that song has a catchy tune, bad grammar, horrible theology, and cringeworthy thing, singing, all in the same boat. Um, but there's this, there's this big theme in the New Testament. There's, there's a few big themes in the New Testament. One is the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus talked all about. One is, uh, uh, the other big thing is who Jesus is and what he has done for us and in us through his death and resurrection and what that all that means. And the last big theme is how we treat God's people. Now, when, when we read the books that Paul wrote and the books that Peter wrote, most of those letters are written to communities, but we tend to read them as written to individuals. And they were meant to be heard in the context of community, but oftentimes we think it's just me and Jesus. If you understand what the New Testament is saying, you'll understand this. The quality of your relationship with God is intimately connected with our quality of life with each other. Let me say that over again. The quality of our life with God is, is intimately connected to our quality of life with each other. If we're not connected well to each other, our connection with God will be substandard. Think about what God does in our lives by his Holy Spirit. Remember the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, that means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Well, love Love is kind of meaningless unless there's somebody to love, right? That's about community, right? Uh, joy, that's about inside. That's about a sense of well-being, uh, even when life isn't well. Peace, peace can mean peace in your heart or peace with each other, and both are uh, fruit of the Spirit. Patience, forbearance, that's a community thing, right? You don't really need patience if the people aren't around. Um... Kindness? Kindness doesn't show up unless you're in community. Goodness? That can be either internal, but it shows up externally. Faithfulness? Uh, that's an external thing, too. It's between God and us being faithful to God, but it's also being faithful to each other. Gentleness? Well, I hope you're gentle with yourself, but that's about being gentle with each other. Self-control, that's an internal quality. A lot of what is going on in the New Testament and what God produces in our lives is about how 
we treat one another and the qualities that show up in our lives by his spirit are often about how we live with one another. You heard 1 Corinthians read a little earlier. It talks about the body. We need each other. The point of the passage is, is that um, hands and feet and eyes and ears, we need each other. You, you might want to, to say that you can go it alone, but I'll say, well, what would happen if the whole body was an eye or the whole body was an ear? We would be diminished. And that's true of Asbury. We need each other. We'll never become great disciples of Jesus without each other. We'll never become spiritually mature without each other. We'll never become who God has called us to be, who God has created us to be, without each other. The question is, how do we re relate in such a way where we call the best out of one another? Well, let's take a look at our mission statement. We imagine Asbury becoming a place where everyone is cared for and shown the love of Jesus. The, the last commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples was love one another. Uh, he talks about... Uh, Loving each other, a new commandment I give to you. And this is where God has a way of ministering his grace that he uses other people. You know the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second, love your neighbor. We want to be a people who... Um, are loved and cared for. We want to be a community where love and Je of Jesus is shown and where people are cared for. You know, this, this has always been a challenge in the church, right? Uh, you know, it's how do you love a, a big group of people? Well, I'll tell you, it's got 10 times worse in the last 18 months. Um, how do you show love to people in a time of COVID? Uh, we are a little bit more disconnected. You guys are sitting apart from each other, and that's annoying, but it's needed. Uh, and, and it's one of those things where we don't see everybody all the time anymore. And people are watching online. I'm really glad that you're with us online, but we have no idea who you are. You're watching on YouTube, and we see the numbers on YouTube. So... We want you to be a part of our church, but being part of our church, how do we love one another? Well, part of it is we have to know who each other is, right? At least some of us need to know. We don't not need to know everybody, but there, there is this challenge um, of knowing who is part of the Asbury community. It used to be if you showed up, you were part of the community, but now showing up with screens instead of person, you're going to have to tell us that you're part of the community. When we're praying for, who do we pray for uh, in our community? Well, we have to know who's in our community to know who to pray for in our community. When people who need money come to us, we have a bias towards those who are in our community. Um, how do we define that? We, um, when we love people, it's 
it's usually more than nice thoughts towards one another. Love is meant to be an action. So there's a number of ways that you can show you're a part of Asbury, being part of a small group, being in a ministry team, being part of the community uh, uh, means the community needs to know that you're part of that community. So a community is a two-way thing. If you're watching online and you've never connected with us, send me an email. Uh, just let me know you're watching online. That would be really awesome, a start to that whole thing. I could spend the day on loving and caring for people, but you've heard a lot of that, and I'm not going to, to dwell on that. I want to go on to the next statement. Our church community will be a place where relationships with each other contribute significantly to our growth in the Lord. You know, when people think about church and what about church helps you to grow, people will often list the sermon. I hope so. Uh, people will often list worship. That's great. We need to worship together. Um, but when you take a look at the New Testament and what it says about spiritual growth, it's about the power of the Holy Spirit in us and the relationship we have with fellow believers that causes the most spiritual growth. Now, I'm sure you know this, but there are different kinds of relationships, right? And different levels of relationships. The fact that two Christians are talking together, that does not necessarily lead to spiritual growth. I am happy to have a conversation about NFL football. Go Colts, right? I'm, it's, it's my season right now. Uh, I'll talk about motorcycling. I love talking about traveling. Uh, Formula One racing, I'll talk to you about that. I like talking about current events. I'll talk to you about how technology shapes lives. Um, and it's enjoyable to talk about things we have in common. But those things, if we talk about them, and they're fine to talk about good to talk about. But they will, talking about those things will neither cause you nor I to grow spiritually. But it's where relationships start. The problem is if they end there. Now if we get to know one another a little better, our conversation will go deeper. If I think you're trustworthy and you think I'm trustworthy, well, the conversation will go um, uh, to something more personal. might share my feelings on something. Uh, and that's good and right. That's how relationships are built. But you know what? People who follow, who are not following Christ, that's how they build their relationships too, right? And that's fine, that's good. The kind of conversations that have a, have a way of moving us towards spiritual growth are um, two kinds. Um, one kind of conversation is about focusing on questions like this. What, what is God currently teaching you? Or what has God told you lately? Is there anything that God is teaching you that you think that, that we should know about? Maybe he wants to teach us through you. Those are 
those are medium level things. Sometimes it's a little scary to t talk about what God is talking to you about, but not too bad. What temptations have you encountered lately, and were you successful in the battle? That is a little more to the point. Are there any sins you need to confess? Remember the Bible says, confess your sin one to another? Where does that happen? But we don't get healthy unless it does happen. How is it with your soul? Do you feel closer to God or further away than you did a month ago? And you see, when you start talking like that in a small group of people, it not only moves the, the conversation towards spiritual things, but it allows you to help each other to grow and to pray into the real touch points of people's lives. You know, if and when we ever get church coffee back after church, I really hope that happens. I miss coffee. You're probably not going to go to the church coffee after church and say, so, is there anything you need to confess? <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way, does it? Um, There are right contexts for this to happen and wrong contexts for this to happen. There is such a thing as oversharing, uh, but as trust develops, these kind of questions help. You need to know, um, you've been around church long, or I've been around church long enough to know that not all small groups are created equal. Some small groups are developed around content and knowledge. They're designed to teach you things, they, and they can be helpful and good. We need to know what the Bible says. We, we need to learn how to develop in, in God. And I'm hoping that you'll uh, get into a small group like that this fall. You need to know, however, that knowledge-based small groups can only take you so far in your spiritual journey there is not a direct correlation between how much you know and how spiritually mature you are. You know that, right? There's not a direct correlation between how much you know and how spiritually mature you are. Remember last week we talked about Matthew 28? Disciples, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. It's one thing to know it, it's another thing to live it out. Your growth in the Lord happens at a deeper level when a small group of people are having fellowship with each other around the work of God in their lives. Now at Asbury, this happens a little bit organically. Uh, some of you get together in small groups, of, and small groups, I'm talking, it's got to be more than two. Husband and wives don't count, although it's really important to have a relationship between husband and wife. That, that would be good. Um, but we're talking about groups of three to five, same gender. Um, and uh, where you talk about this spiritual journey. I, there's a number of those groups happening in our church just organically, and I'm very thankful for that. And we do not yet to have the structure 
uh, in our church to uh, promote these kind of groups yet, but we will. What I'm hoping is, is that we as a church will learn what it means to abide in Jesus and hear the voice of God and establish personal devotions and, and learn to grow in our character through God's work of purifying and sanctifying us. And out of that comes these kind of groups where in groups of three or four people, we're asking people, so what do you hear from God? How are you abiding in Christ? You know, are you going in the right direction? question is, what does that mean for us? Well, this is a vision statement, a statement of where we're going, and, and uh, there are four things that cause great disciples of Jesus, cause real intimacy with Jesus. When we align ourselves with the stories that Jesus told, kingdom of God stuff. When we engage in, in individual and corporate uh, spiritual exercises, spiritual disciplines, where we learn to pray together and apart, where we learn how to worship together and apart, where we have God-given spiritual experiences, where we're seeing answers to prayer, where we're sensing God lead and guide us. But the last one, the one we've been talking about, is developing deep relationships with a small group of people around the work of God in our lives. See, if those things happen, if those things happen, you will be a great disciple of Jesus. Your, your closeness with God will, will be magnified, and it will, will grow and deepen, and your relationship with God will be strong, and uh, the roots will go down deep, and you'll see some awesome things happen. you think that would be a good place to end the sermon. But it's not. Because life isn't all about you. I want you to have a personal relationship with God. I want you to have uh, the strong connection where you're experiencing God and you're growing in God and you're, you're living out the life of God in your life. But it's more than about you. That's why the last line in the vision paragraph is this. Our community will thrive as we use our spiritual gifts to serve one another. This could be a whole sermon or a sermon series in and of itself, but it's not going to be today. Let me sim simply say that if you're a Christian, you've been given a spiritual gift or a number of spiritual gifts. Um, spiritual gifts, the Bible, say, Bible says, is for the common good not about you, it's about uh, the people of God around you so that you can build up the body of Christ. It might be gifts of serving or helps or mercy or, or wisdom or leadership. There's a long list of spiritual gifts. When you're working in the area of your spiritual giftedness, you will uh, find that that kind of service is fulfilling. God uses that kind of service to make the, the body of Christ function and be what it's meant to be. When everybody is using their spiritual gifts in the way that God is calling them to at a particular time, the, the community thrives. If, uh, 
A number of people are refusing to use their spiritual gifts and the community is impoverished. I'll try to put this together for you. Uh, my top three spiritual gifts are wisdom, preaching, and leadership. As you might expect, I've, I've tried to be a disciple of Jesus for a long time. I was using my spiritual gifts. I was doing what I believe God called me to do. What I found is that, well, if I was going to do this well, I needed some support for, from some brothers in Christ. So for the, the last 20 years, I have been part of a very small group. Three of us get together regularly, and we, we talk about what God is doing in our lives. Uh, we ask each other questions like, how is it with your soul? On a scale of 1 to 10, what's your spiritual life like to, uh, this week? Uh, are you closer to Jesus this week to, or now than you were a month ago? How can we pray and support each other? And we all came to understand that I couldn't do their ministry for them and they couldn't do my ministry for me but I needed in them in my life so that I could do ministry in the way that God was calling me to do it. God has not designed us to live isolated spiritual lives. We need each other in different ways. The teachers among us help us understand God's word. Those who serve and do acts of mercy are people who they are kind of like the foundation of the, uh, uh, of the church moving forward. Uh, people who, who have pastoral gifts, and I'm not talking about being an uh, official pastor. Pastoring is, is coming alongside of shepherding. Um, and a number of you have pastoral gifts. Those kind of bring healing to the body. To live out the Christian life well We'll develop relationships in small groups around the work of God that he's doing in our lives. That's the way that God designed it to be. And then we understand that it's not only about what God is doing in us, but it, what God wants to do amongst us. Next week we'll talk about uh, how we relate to the world around us. In the coming months, coming years, you're going to be challenged to be part of kind of small groups I've de I, I have described. You're going to be challenged to use your spiritual gifts. I want you to choose to get on board with the challenge, and this is why. I want to see all of us deeply connected to Jesus, where he is the vine and we're the branches, and that connection is so, so solid, and there's this flowing of life from him to us, that is just unimpeded, and as we grow, that life becomes uh, more and more vibrant, and we experience the life that is really life. I'm looking forward to a time when, when the Holy Spirit comes to us and, and empowers us uh, to grow deeper into him, 
and as we love and serve and grow with one another, that our eyes would be open to the things that God has for us right now. And that we would be a church who, who really and truly are open to the work of God in our own lives and that we're facilitating the work of God in the people around us and we're loving um, the world because of Jesus. I'm looking forward to a time where the power of God's Holy Spirit so moves in our lives that as we relate to one another, that growth will be exponential. I'm looking for a time where God would touch us in ways that cause us not just a flash experience and then it's gone, but to establish our roots so that they grow deep and we live life well. Let's pray. Lord, you have worked in people's lives. You are working in people's lives. I'm praying once again, Lord, that you would touch people's lives and help us to grow into all that you've called us to be. Lord, I'm praying for a fresh and renewing and life-giving relationship with you where we spur one another on to love and good deeds, where we spur one another on to, to growth in you. Pray, Lord, that you would touch your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.